everybody. Welcome to the Polarized Podcast. We're uh, blasting off into space today. This is the podcast for all your polarizing movie needs. We like to talk about movies that are divisive on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, according to those those scores. Um, they're uh, fresh in one camp, rotten in the other. Uh, it's critics versus audiences in the Rotten Tomato a uh, dual dome and uh you know we like to take those ones that people are extra uh device d- divided about uh they do not agree uh these critics and audiences either critics love it audiences hate it or vice versa um we do all types of movies that fit that description so it spans every type of genre uh last week we did a musical uh this week we are doing a sci-fi adventure is how Rotten Tomatoes describes it. I would throw drama, drama in there as well. Uh, 2019, it has a certified fresh 83% by the critics uh, from uh, 398 reviews. And it has a, uh, you know, one of those turned over popcorn symbols uh, that implicates it's uh, it's rotten. And it's a 40% from the audience. Side of things from 10,000 plus verified ratings on Rotten Tomatoes uh, stars Brad Pitt. If you've seen it, you just you just got to see it to believe it is is all I can say about this movie. Um, I say that about most movies, most movies. I say in order to believe it, you just got to see it. I could describe it, but you wouldn't believe it because you just got to witness things firsthand. And I advise that for everyone. Uh, you know, you got to do your best according to the scientific theory to, uh, to cross those, uh, T's and check those Q's. And, uh, and speaking of needing a second hand here, uh, another eye, another set of eyes on this here, uh, project that we will be undertaking on taking this polarized pod to the stratosphere and above, uh, to Neptune, perhaps, uh, to to King Neptune, uh, what if there was a king just waiting there on Neptune for him? Do you think Tom? I guess Tommy Lee Jones is is King Neptune, isn't he? Okay, I gotta stop. I'm gonna bring in. I'm gonna bring in another king, and he is the king of this podcast. The king of this podcast kingdom. It is the King Brandini. Get on hey, in hey, here, you. Yeah. Hey. 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 Glad to be here for this movie, man. I'm really excited about it. I am excited about it. Uh, I also have uh, in theme for this episode, I have my Elysium Ooh. Space Dust. Uh, a little homage to a moment in the film, which I thought was pretty compelling. Yeah. Uh, where Brad, Brad Pitt is, uh, you know, t- basking in uh, the moon dust mm-hmm. as he is driving uh, while well, he's a passenger at the time of a uh, lunar rover so yeah god this movie man i'm another reason i'm really excited about this is i feel like this movie came at the right time for us to discuss it i think there's something uh fundamental about this movie that i would love to get into probably later because i feel like it'll it'll warn a pretty lengthy discussion um but yeah i'm excited to be here another another app absolutely man i i i uh i think my lucky stars for being here whenever I can, uh, for every session that we've, we've had, I think we're on the, we're in the seventies now. It's fun to count, you know, to be honest, like that's how many days it took for him to get back to Neptune was 70, 70 something days, I think. So we we could 
possibly take a this podcast could take a trip to back from Neptune to Earth or oh. vice versa. I don't know. I, it was 70 something days, I think, to to get there. Or was that for Mars? I'm going to need help with I some of moon, these a, questions. A moon to Mars, maybe. But yeah, nonetheless, mm-hmm. it's always so crazy to think about uh, time. You know, obviously, oh Interstellar God. does it incredibly well, and it's mainly focusing on time. But when you're talking about distance, travel, mm-hmm. all of that in regards to space, it's insane. Because, yeah, you're like um, Brad Pitt solo a lot of the time is going to be on a ship for a lengthy period of time all by himself in a very confined space it just is very daunting to me i would yeah it just it goes to show you how important uh, those uh psych evals that seems like happen every 15 minutes in the movie but you know what maybe it's warranted i mean you would be affected by that. How could you not? And so when, yeah, you introduce this movie, you see him uh, very cool, calm, collected kind of, kind of dude. But uh, yeah, before we, yeah, so before cool. we get into the, the, the movie proper, I need yes. to be, uh, I need to introduce our guests proper, a blarge pop proper. We got a blarge with us today. <laughs> a, a Mike, a Mike Sims has, uh, has descended into the polarized kingdom from his, his hovercraft of sorts, <laughs> and uh, he is here to to join us for another sci-fi space uh, story movie. Uh, yeah, this one also with Lieutenant Space I guess, sir. This uh, this one also with Liv Tyler. The other one uh, was Armageddon. Oh <laughs> right! Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast. I mean, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong with uh, Liv Tyler, right? In a space movie, like she just she can't miss. <laughs> I know, man. She, yeah, she just must be at the top of people's list where it's like, we're making a space movie. What's Liv up to? <laughs> she's and like, she's game. And she's game. That's the thing. She's yeah. kind of that that role of like the what the guy what the guy has to like wants to like come home to. I just I don't know. Lord of the Rings right. is my, is I was my biggest I was literally just going to say that. I was literally just yeah. really? that is 100 percent the role that she achieves so well. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, she's the girl that you want you, you want to come home to. Right. She's a perfect uh, role for that. And she's and, just fawning yeah. in the whole time. Yeah. yeah. And I think in this movie, they probably just like stole that a little bit. They're like, we really just need a love interest. So live, you know, can we get you? <laughs> yeah. I was convinced well, it was all Zoom yeah. meetings her whole her whole time on this movie until uh, the uh, end. <laughs> she actually shows dude, up. Yeah. For, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it probably took about five days in total for the live scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. She was not in it much. <laughs> No, which I mean, maybe to the movie's detriment, because I mean, there's little to pun intended ground Brad Pitt to Earth and why, like, what is he coming back to? You know, there it it touches on him realizing things that realizing the importance of things on Earth. Um, but it's relatively light on conversations with her mainly and overall just what his life was like on earth that, yeah, it's, it's difficult at times to be like, well, yeah, what is he going back to? But I don't know, I guess with another, you know, from a different perspective, you're like, well, it makes sense then that he is somewhat cavalier about, you know, going, you know, completing this mission, going out on things alone really easily, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it is something that uh, there's a propulsion to the movie that the director mentioned that he didn't really ever think of him and the screenwriter 
making it in a way that uh, there would be like flashbacks or shots of <laughs> things that happened in the past. It would just be kind of like from A right. to B, just the story of like what's happening and him going through the progression of this time in his life. So a lot of the stuff with her, yeah, is almost kind of just uh, little snippets and things that are so far removed that just seems to be where he's at in his life and his relation to her is that it is so extremely strained. Um, but yeah, I guess if, yeah, if there's some criticism there, there could be some there, but I, this is one movie that I'll, I'll say as well early on that I went ahead and, and bought it on, on iTunes and, uh, just, I don't know. I love sci-fi movies and I was like, ah, this, this could be one. And I'd seen it once before. uh, And this would, this was my second, second viewing, but Oh, I watched cool. it last night and then today kind of I had it on the background was uh, the commentary with the director. So that was something mm. that I don't normally I, there's very few commentaries I watch with movies. But that was one today that I thought like opened my eyes into what his ethos was like making the movie and kind of his overall things that he was thinking about. Uh, and he was just kind of goes off in all sorts of directions throughout the commentary um a lot about, kind of like this movie too he does yeah. go in a lot of different directions sure. yeah and what he in the story he's trying to tell sure. and visually yeah. too mm-hmm. i mean there's a lot to herald for james gray here that was visually quite stunning but yeah i'm interested as to well what, yeah he was, well, he was talking a lot about uh obviously you know he t- he touches on the apocalypse now of it all in heart of darkness and oh and, and, God, all, that, so and all that stuff and then as well as mythology um not only Mm. that but like joseph campbell like uh kind of how to create like a hero's journey um and and Mm. things like that and uh yeah of course uh you know the father father son thing it's it's is is all naturally within the movie but and then he you know he goes into a lot about just the the space of it all and what would actually happen like how he tries to really uh add some some real weight to the realism or uh, poss- at least possibility of some of these things happening. Um, yeah, Cause he said right. he, he wanted it originally before making the movie. I think he said he wanted to make it the most realistic. And he's like, I actually take that back and want to make it more the most like probable, one of the more probable, I think something like that mm. uh, movies. Interesting. Um, and yeah. Cause yeah. And even God. some of the moon's oh. vistas and the, and Mars vistas are literally shots from moon and mars that he interweaves in with uh digital imagery and and stuff like that but he was kind of joking it's like oh it's the first on location uh moon movie before before like whatever the next mission impossible whatever the fuck movie mm, is, is gonna be but sure um that that kind of stuff uh was was illuminating to hear from him and uh he was waxing phil- philosophical about some other shit too but it was it's it's kind of cool to hear a director kind of ramble about that stuff and this kind of seems like it's coming from that that place of uh of this movie would work well as a book is it is it a book is it like an arthur c clark book or something like that or maybe not no they wrote this movie he was just talking about arthur c clark and how yeah that was like the the big quote that he mentioned was i i know it's a famous one of like if there's two possibilities either is is intelligent life out there or there isn't and both are terrifying and yes, uh, right. he was l- talking about with this movie more so the latter in terms of there not being anything out there and how terrifying that can be. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I wanted I wanted to hear from from Mike. Had you had you seen this movie Blargy Blarge uh, before? I know 
these are these are some kind of like movies that that you like from from my knowledge and ones that we've done <laughs> tomorrow war yeah. and armageddon um but is this and i know you've you've expressed to me your love for interstellar and i would definitely put this in the same category is is this one you'd seen before or gained interest from you in the past or um how yeah. how was it going into it into it this experience i think i i can't remember i think i was on a flight and this was mm. like an in-flight movie that i could mm, watch sure yeah um and i don't i i fell asleep like i remember yeah. i fell asleep um probably like an hour in because i don't remember any of the second half of the movie so mm -hmm. that all seemed to be like the first viewing to me so i was like i don't remember any of this um mm. But yeah, I had seen it before and I remember before I had seen it, like the reason why I picked it is because like all the other movies, um, which I think was like the Doolittle, they had like the Dr. Doolittle series or some shit. Well, like the Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was, um, no, 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 no. The, um, Cartoon? The, other, the other one. Yeah, the, uh. Oh, the Eddie Murphy verse? Eddie Murphy. Yeah, the oh, Eddie Murphy. Uh -huh. the Eddie Murphy. Wow, verse. those are still going. Okay. This was maybe before the redo <laughs> or the revamp. Yeah, well, that's why I was like, because there was like just the movie selection I thought was so weird. I remember. Um, but Ad Astra had stood out to me because I had like seen the trailer for it before. And it, exactly what you had said, James, is like, oh, this definitely seems like my kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. um, sure. But funny enough, and I'm sure we'll get into it, is I kind of, I would not really put it even in the same like mm -hmm. vain like i i agree it was trying to accomplish similar things to interstellar but i think just interstellar is in a league of its own oh of course yeah. i mean it's it, yeah I for mean, sure between which one is better or not but it's definitely it's made within that time and it's like a kind exactly. of a mix of like that and the martian for me a little bit of of and like and of course all the apocalypse it's 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 if anything way more apocalypse now than anything but um absolutely yeah, yeah. 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 Cause like, I would say interstellar, like fully committed on the space aspect of things. Like they right. went full, like science, like we're going to go to the T, like try and make this as realistic as possible. Um, and, and the cool thing about interstellar too, I love how literally every time we do an episode, interstellar gets brought up. We had but, to, we had to bring it up. Sure, yeah. That's, yeah. that's like a 10 out of 10 for, for me. Too. And we do it. We, yeah, we bring it up every time, and I love it. Um, There's not that many large space movies, too, so it's not unsurprising that we would bring up one of the better ones when discussing yeah. a space movie, because mm -hmm. it's really not a crowded category. And I think probably and what I would want to get into with you, Mike, is like, do you not, is your, like, why it's not close to Interstellar, not in the category, maybe not even in the ballpark, is it because it, a lot of the uh it's ineptitude in conveying like actual scientific things falling or is well, it the story is it you know i guess i'm just asking clearly is it do you not like this or put it next to interstellar because the science is off or because you didn't like the story i think it's i think it's kind of something more so you alluded to earlier brandon about how the director was like kind of all over the place in terms of the story oh, okay and yeah to me, for sure the, the easiest way to sum it up was i really wanted it to pick a lane like that's what i was trying to make a point mm. about interstellars interstellar picks a very clear lane and mm. they take that throughout the entire film they don't deviate at all right it's like they pick the lane they're gonna go hard fucking science and they'll make shit up. They're fine with that. Like they go to the planets, right? And there's that massive title. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fine. But guess uh -huh. what? People get oh, shit. pissed about bookshelves, but they can whatever. Yeah. And yeah, and the whole fine. Tesseract thing and all of that. But, yeah. but again, they they 
they answer it. They're like, look, these guys took a wormhole. Okay. There's this fucking portal. They took a wormhole and now they're like interstellar and people don't fathom what sure. that actually means, but interstellar, like if you're out in some fucking planet out in mm. galaxy eight, seven Z two, whatever, right? Like there's going to be some shit that goes down. And so the fact that they say that, and then they go to these planets, I, as an audience member, I'm like, dude, you can do whatever the fuck you want now. Like you've, you've covered that for me. Like go for it. Mm -hmm. In oh, Astra, I feel like they don't pick that lane. Like mm -hmm. they deviate. Right. So the Chris Hadfield guy that we were watching before we started the show, how he was talking about the lunar rovers, right. Like that kind of stuff. Um, and like the sound on the moon. But then, like, they definitely do make efforts to, um, like, keep with the science. And, like, they obviously show, you know, astronauts in zero G. Um, like, they're, they're doing all of those things as well. Like, they're sticking to it a little bit. But then, yeah, the story seems to shift a lot for me as well. Mm -hmm. Like, I honestly feel like an hour or so into the movie, you can start a new movie. Like, basically, when he's on his way to Neptune. Like once oh, interesting. he gets to Neptune, which I think is like an hour seven or something. Um, yeah, which again is very similar to Apocalypse Now, where there is it's you know it does feel like different movies, or the movie is broken up into sections, and it um if anything, it's so much of like in my mind, Apocalypse Now is a collection of vignettes yeah, that have exactly. like an overarching theme, and then it's just like really all it is is like the it's ordered in a way where it is about the de-evolution of humanity through war, mm -hmm. and it's like and it just kind of compiles all those together in order to accomplish that overall theme. And I agree with you, Mike, about this movie. Like, okay, so I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you know, the introduction of the so the lunar rover scene, in my mind, I was like, visually, this is fucking awesome. I'm loving it. Yes. I'm on board. Yes. You know, this looks cool as fuck. But the there's space pirates, and there is you know, I, I don't, I guess I'm just, there's a, obviously a part of me and I, you know, after looking at reviews and looking more into how the reception of this movie was, it's like, yeah, there's things that are presented in this movie that really pique people's interest, but is never followed through or really like fleshed out. And it just posits these concepts, almost like what James was saying about Liv Tyler's like involved or how she is included in the movie because the director is looking at it like, I don't want to get into these bigger picture things. I don't want to get into the world necessarily. I'm more interested in what is happening with this singular person. And so just like us in our lives is that we're like going through it and things happen and we're not like then getting, you know, in our minds or whatever, zooming out and being like, oh, here's this organization, this, 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 and this. It's like, it's so on the ground mm -hmm. um, and, and person's yeah. singular head and but yeah Absolutely. it's it it's weird though because you're like wait so are those pirates going to come back like is that what does that mean like why are they doing that and it's so vague and i would just to kind of like go back um to more closer to the start and what the like the um the conflict is is i was really having a hard time with understanding like what the conflict is <laughs> like what is this energy thing that's happening yeah. i just i really did not get it <laughs> and so i'm like in my notes i'm like mm -hmm. I, all i put was global electrical energy surges yeah what does that, that is, mean that and is then, the weakest part of the movie i think 
Absolutely, which is, you know, unfortunate because that should that should be the thing that is most clear, right? Uh, you can be incredibly ambiguous about motivations from Tommy Lee Jones because that's the thing that is like a mirror or what is Brad Pitt is trying to find out is what his where his dad's coming from, what are his intentions and how does he feel about things? And that can be revealed or be vague, but you're just like what is this global surge shit and why is it and it's coming from saturn and i don't under i just you can't you somewhat understand the stakes (laughs) when you see the the opening action which i think is effective um and oh my god i love it with the the space antenna is that what you call the like what they call elevator space elevator well no they called it an antenna they did call it an antenna in the movie but i've heard it as space space elevator but yeah yeah i just i like that uh that I that concept and the and the the kind of quote unquote kind of realism in the near future that sort of like kind of hop skip and a jump away sort of thing is is kind of fun and then you get to see at least the the fallout at least in one circumstance of that but you don't get like you know the fucking montage of like the news of like there's been another global outage today and this many people and then it cuts over to like five different like news things about it it's like what are we gonna do the one crazed man has in is in neptune and we gotta go chase him down like it doesn't give you that but like it gives you that opening action and tells you but i completely agree that it is so vague in this operation lima project um you know there is a lot of like you said, Brandon, it is a personal, uh, almost first person story of someone who you understand the weight of who Tommy Lee Jones is and the weight of what that Lima project was by how everyone treats Brad Pitt. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's like the con- contextual world that you're given and he's the, sur- he's the surrogate and for the audience to understand how people view him and, and, and how they view Tommy Lee Jones. However, still these power surges, there isn't really like an on the ground besides that one opening action scene and like the, the rundown of the mission to him and like a news bulletin, like on the way up to the moon or whatever of like 40,000 deaths based on one of these power outages, I think was where like that might've been the total deaths from the power outages. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also like the Norwegian uh, bio station, which they mentioned might've been taken out. That might've happened because of the power outages. Well, you can, you can kind of like internalize how broad scope that could be, but the means and the cause of it are so vague to, for, for our main character to be launched out to space to try to literally save the world. It is pretty threadbare in that, in that point <laughs> to, to the point where like the director himself at, he he's just kind of like, talking about all this kind of crazy all this not it's crazy but just all sorts of stuff that's not related to what's actually happening on screen he's just he's just blabbing and blabbing and then it gets to that last part where he's about to launch the the nuclear uh blast on the on the device or whatever and he's like yeah so this is where we do that i don't know the the nuclear blasting the the technology on this part's kind of suspect but you know that it's not something that like people should like how does he put it it's like to focus on he says it way better than i he was a very well-spoken guy um but it's like it, it does the that's not the point of this movie it's like the the hero's journey and, and so much more about brad pitt and and the relationship that he has with his his father at this point i, I guess and a lot of other stuff of course i'm paraphrasing and not doing a great job of it um but i he i just had to say that even he 
didn't fully think it out. So I think that's a perfectly yeah. acceptable point to definitely like give some criticism for, for this movie. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's, uh, do you, which, what, what do you, where do you want to focus on? Because there's other things that he does give the, the time and energy to be accurate on. So like you're saying, Mike, it's like, what, which, which lane do you want to yeah. pick? Um, and that, and him launching a nuclear blast out of there and everything. That's where it gets a little, a little like, I don't know, but it's, it's, yeah. it's adventure and it, it's, it's fun and everything, but, uh, it doesn't give you like the rundown from like interstellar, like doing the folding the paper in half and being like, okay, let me tell you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's get it going. How this uh-huh. all works. Yeah. Here's the event horizon. So on and so, okay, horizon, so, yeah. so I, I would like to direct this conversation to start focusing on like what the motivation of Brad Pitt are, because that's the strongest thread throughout this movie and what it is trying to say about relationships with your father. And that stuff is really interesting. And it is something that fascinated me about this movie is the way that it presents the people involved in space travel, the way that they think about progress, the way they think about the importance of space travel, and then also the type of people who are involved in all of this, because I just was really, uh, me personally, and I would love to hear if you guys feel the same way, is it's so, like, astronauts and scientists really fascinate me because, like, for example, I wrote, it's so funny to me that Brad Pitt describes from the get-go, like this is in the beginning of his like setting up who his character is, um, that he describes himself how many hours he sleeps as 8.2 hours. And I just think that that's so funny to me because like who is what normal person is thinking about sleeping in eight, like have a decimal to an the hours that they're sleeping. That just is insane to me. And it's, I, I, but what it's serving is to show like the, what that mentality is. And also too, like what Brad Pitt is almost needing to overcome. And then to zoom out even further that I find interesting is it posits from the get-go that discovery and space travel and like what they say is look to the stars for progress is in that like quote that it starts the movie is fascinating when the person who is responsible for the progress is somebody who is at like thinks like Brad Pitt does because it is so technical and so almost uh, devoid of emotion and so you're like it just really made me this like live in this conundrum of like i understand that in order to accomplish really complex things you have to have such a technical know-how to do it but when the the people involved in it are so like black and white it just it, it it i don't know it creates this weird conflict in my mind of like oh man like it's like being led by people who look at you as a cog in a wheel. Like, I understand that's how the wheel of progress moves, but it is, it's like, it's just disconcerting to me when the, when the people who are at the forefront of progress, look at things like that. That it's was just a, fast. That was a huge thing that the director mentioned multiple times about driving home the personality trait of someone who could handle something like that, being alone mm-hmm. in, in a small, small quarters vessel for that amount of time um what it would require for you to 
be able to handle that. And then also like when you're coming back and re- and describing your experiences about going up there and he was saying like early astronauts when they would describe would be very, yeah, cut and dry about everything and very, very scientific and bare bones about what they experience. And, Oh, well the vessel, you know, went this speed and, and, and things worked out this pretty well. And, but they don't focus as much or find it as important. The metaphysical, uh, implications of doing something like that or or they don't find it yeah they just don't and he even so much so that he was trying to portray some of the characters as being you know on the spectrum to an extent or having asperger's yeah being, big time uh, being like something that would be yeah i mean even like advantageous for someone in that in that circumstance about being able to be left to your own devices and not really require or need or, or crave human touch and sociopathic uh, and, co- and mm-hmm. company. Yeah, I mean, not complete, not completely there. It just, just more so what, what type of person, yeah. Would, would it, would it take in, in the, in the psychological evaluation scenes are, are, are a big part of that, but also this movie is one big kind of psychological evaluation <laughs> for Brad Pitt and, and, Mm-hmm. And, and those kind of almost those kind of people uh, in, in general, but did that speak to you at all, Mike, about, yeah. you know, just about like the, cause is that, is that something that you'd ever considered in, in your life? Like wanting to be an astronaut and oh, um, yeah. what that would, and a- what that would require of, of you mentally and physically. Yeah, I've applied. I don't know if I've ever told you guys that, but I've actually tried to become an astronaut. (laughs) I've tried a couple of times. It's uh, quite difficult. Again, like I said, it's like literally just Air Force and Navy guys. So I've literally actually considered quitting my, you know, tech job and going, going to apply to like the Air Force or the Navy or something and seeing if I could do that. Um, I think I've kind of walked down that ledge, though, for for the most part. But yeah, I think honestly... Mm -hmm in terms of the movies like portrayal of that it was like a pretty captivating um thought because i think tommy lee even says it um like towards the end of the movie where he says human human will has to uh like over or outweigh the impossible or something like that right it has Mm -hmm. to like outlast it and i think that literally describes the type of person that an astronaut has to be it has to be someone Mm -hmm. that has incredible uh like incredible willpower because I think those are the types of people where it's like, I don't think it's really any of those other factors. It's just like their drive and determination to like succeed at the, the task that they've put at like in front of themselves. Mm-hmm. But like to a lot of people, I think going to space and exploring that frontier and being a part of that, it, it like speaks to them in, in a way to where they will literally like, sacrifice themselves like you i forget who which one of you said it but you're like it's like a cog in a machine like that is very much so how i have an outlook on life um like and not and you know it can be concerning to some i i definitely see that but i think to the people that think that way it's also incredibly liberating Mm -hmm. like it's freeing almost to where Mm -hmm. it's like you know the stuff that happens in my life like whether it be good or bad um, you know, doesn't really need to like dictate the future or like what, what can happen to me mm-hmm. later on. Right. And like that part in the movie, I thought they, you know, they did. Yeah. Like you said it, like Tommy Lee encapsulates that a hundred percent. Like he is the epitome of human will and like determination 
to to go do that even to have the the self-awareness at the end to be like just let me go you know like it is this is my place like Mm -hmm. This isn't a bad thing. I'm not sad. Just let me go. You he know? goes so much further than just being a cog in a wheel, though, is, is where he maybe that's where I, he's he started. Right. But he's the villain, which is of this movie. Whereas like so, someone right. someone like Brad Pitt can understand his limitations within the role that he's given and thrive with whatever role that. And I think yeah. maybe a lot of the personalities that you're talking about can understand the role that they're given and what needs to be done. And trim all the fat of of whatever their their feelings are or what's they can just do what's necessary and utilitarian yeah. as as possible and it's right. that and then whether it's this movie or yeah and in, in, uh apocalypse now where it's more about military thinking and that sort of buying into being a cog in the wheel and whether it's you're as a, as a soldier or as as a scientist or or any any anything like in your job or, or whatever it may be and what that means for for your identity and i think it is fascinating to even have some sense of the familial bond adds adds so much more to it as as well um but uh i, I think the fact that yeah i don't know the, the this movie's like making us us think think these thoughts i think is is pretty successful in also, in, in its own I- way you know I'm kind of curious too because Brandon mentioned that Tommy Lee is the villain, and I forget. Oh, Space Cowboy, the, yes. I I kind of forget all of the the film terminology for like protagonist antagonist. Isn't mm-hmm. he technically just the antagonist and not necessarily a villain? Because he is glorified in a lot of the movie. Like technically, when we're learning a lot of the backstory, right? Like even right, but that's in the right? first. That's in the first act of the movie, and then you start to realize that Tommy Lee ends up killing a bunch of people, and then so even does Brad Pitt, though. Yeah, no, uh, and I made a note of that when that happens because there's something too which I want to get into with you guys is about living up to what you think your father wants you to be and then also becoming your father because when he does kill those people in the pursuit of this journey he does become his father and there is a turn that happens there that's very interesting because i think that he obviously wants to he respects his father a lot but he's incredibly conflicted because i think something that you know i would argue is maybe not as successful in this movie is is that brad pitt is like he is bringing earth to his dad saying like i was the one who had to deal not deal with but live with our with my mother when you did all these things like you didn't even have you if anything i would argue that tommy lee jones even though we just you know were alluding that he was in pursuit of this thing whatever i would argue that he's a fucking coward like he just ditched all of his responsibilities and uh, just severed ties with people that he was supposed to be there and love and nurture and care for, which is such a wonderful job and a, and a, and a responsibility in itself and just completely doesn't give a shit about it. And then is like, Oh, again, I'm a cog in a wheel. My goal is to contact aliens. Again, another thing about this movie, it's like, <laughs> wait a minute, what are we doing again? So the Lima projects about, he like started on Jupiter, Jupiter and Saturn. And then this was like the third mission that he did or, or something. It's like, yeah, man, it's quite, it's a pretty old fella. This is, I think this is the space Cowboys too. I think that's, I think that's what this movie is. It's like, they got, they got him on another mission. He just loses his mind. Where's Clint? Where's Clint? God. Yeah. He was just, they really 
The funny thing is, is that he, he this is also so the Planet of the old. Apes origin story as well. Uh-huh, oh, yes. God. We have to talk about that fucking <laughs> biomedical Norwegian. <laughs> well, let's. Uh, oh, let's my God. A, scary. Let's, let's talk about a commercial space flight first. What do you guys yes, think of commercial okay. space flight? Yeah. Yeah. $125 for a blanket and a pillow. Yeah. And then once you get to the. That the seemed like very term. Vonnegut to me, like this whole. Part. Oh, my God. It, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's such a great reference pull up because, yeah, it just is. You realize with how things are that in order for us to fund these large projects, it's like the SpaceX of it all. It's like you need to create this like brand that people invest in and it becomes more of like this business venture, which is like fucked off, right? Like realistically, and I made this argument to my dad a while back is like space and funding space is one of those things of like. If you're not investing into the future, then at some point the well is going to run dry and then we're really fucked. Like you can't just be like, we're only going to invest in things that make us money now. Mm-hmm. You have to invest in things that could not make us money. Couldn't, you oh, know, like infrastructure and healthcare <laughs> and things like that. Right. Exactly. Like there's just things that we it's just crazy because again, we just lived in the kind of this fucked up like view of things of like well, we're looking at things in quarters, we're looking at things in years, in, and it's so driven by what is the return on that investment. And it's so, div- it's like the way that I would articulate it, it's like telling a kid in high school what the value of college is, for example. I understand that that's kind of by and large changed a little bit, at least the execution of it. But you're like, going to school is expensive and makes you no money. But it's the future return years in advance. Hopefully, again, you know, we can have a (laughs) we can discuss values and what, you know, all of that. But it's like it's about putting effort and investment into something that's going to pay off way down the line. And a lot of stuff may never pay off. But if one thing pays off. It's like how much uh progress and innovation that has happened for us is based off of exploration and viewing the solar system or viewing space right it's like we're able to bring the that knowledge to us and it has made us so much better for it but it's like it's not a it's not an easily tangible thing of like we're going to spend this money now and then we're going to get x widgets back that we're people are going to use it's like you got to be feeding that machine or we're just going to fucking die like Mm -hmm. and so yeah it's just it's funny now that in order for us to get investment in the space it has to be like a brand and it has to like companies need to get involved well, it's in just it. all become very cap- capitalistic absolutely with richard branson and, and bezos exactly, kind of just yep. doing their own thing and it's and that's probably where I and mean, yeah where commercial space flight could could definitely right. end up as as well um oh man i was about to say something else but ah, whatever totally and i was watching an interview with the director and it was interesting because there was a panel that they did with um two people from NASA. I can't remember their like involvement in space programs, but two people involved in space programs. And yeah, they brought up the fact of like, when we were in the space race against Russia, there was a collective will by the American people that we need to like, we need to do this in order to like, beat an enemy essentially. But now since we don't have a clear enemy, which is why, you know, um, 
which is why Watchmen in the actual book is so interesting to me because like the Otis of the plot in that is we are simple beings and you just see it so much clearly in politics. Like if there's not like a clear villain, then it's hard for people to understand the importance of the mission. And so like, yeah, it's, it was interesting for them to just briefly mention like, it was so much easier to like get people excited to get investments in space because we were just, we had that, like we got to beat Russia. But now since that doesn't exist, people kind of don't give a shit about it, you know? Mm -hmm. And now you have to have these, like these, unfortunately these egotistical Lotharios that are business capitalists that are like making it cool to do it because it's like, it's tied into Tesla stock and whatever in order for people to get interested in space, because apparently we can't get them interested. Otherwise it's gotta be because their Robin hood account goes up. It's like, you know, that's the world we live in. And it was, yeah, it's, it's funny to see commentary on that where there's like, wasn't there a subway at the terminal, you know, the sandwich place or whatever. Like, that yeah, they were talking was, about putting like an Applebee's and, and shit like that i love that well, it's, I love it's, that kind it's of crazy stuff. it's crazy for me to think that that's kind of how it's the way to the avenue to get people interested in space too because it's like i feel like this is a theme and don't look up as well it's like i was we think, just yeah. ignore it we like mm-hmm. totally just ignore it and don't think about it but then and it's so funny too because i don't know if you guys noticed but there was a comment recently that just uh passed by or it's still technically passing earth um mm. people on the southern hemisphere are going to get a real good look at it like in february like the very beginning of february um Coming up. but that comment was literally unknown to us had no clue had zero idea that comment existed up until a year ago it was wow. discovered a year ago and they wow. calculated its trajectory and luckily obviously right it's not no harm to us you know so it was good but that's where the thing is. It's like some of these orbits, some of the the way Earth is positioned in the universe and all that, right? We only can see so much of the sky. There's a lot of different things at play that we just, we're not thinking about on a daily basis and we take things for granted so crazy. So like, it's I just, I find that hysterical when people can make a commentary about that where it's like, you know, oh yeah, we got to commercialize these things to get people actually interested in space. It's like, bro, you should be very interested in space. There's all, a lot of shit out there we don't know. And also to assume that that's, I don't know, just to assume that it's going to work its way out because <laughs> you throw enough money in it. And that was a big part of Don't Look Up as well. And I think a, yeah. a big theme of this movie of, of you know, you can keep searching and, and then if there's nothing out there, then yeah, what what do you what do you have? Let, if like you bank and all your you know, all your chips on, on something being out there. It's like, and then you just don't take care of home. Right. And then where you left. And I, and I think that was in like, that was the great part of the epilogue of, of don't look up as well as, is that, you know, and that was very Vonnegut of, of that movie um, in a lot of ways. But I, I enjoy like that theme theming in movies and I've seen it. Yeah. And don't look up and in, in this movie um, interstellar in its own way. And you know, my favorite, Pixar movie Wally of of course of course oh. um and that's the big epilogue of of Wally is is rebuilding the the earth and, yeah. and planting everything back and everything comes comes back and it's just like that that sort of uh uplifting uplifting side of things but then also understanding like the cynical kind of capitalistic side of it where sh- yeah it's just going to fucking commercialize and shit's not going to work like great it's going to be just like fucking flying spirit airlines or whatever (laughs) you're going to have fucking shit go wrong and then even there's there's you know like there's there's going to be disputes over the moon i like stuff like that it just 
rings true for me over like the the realism of what they're trying to do and also what might happen in the near future of whatever mm. i don't know about space pirates but people like disputing territory on the mute on the moon and stuff like that was just such a fun concept to me yeah and this yeah the space pirate battle i thought was yeah of course one of the one of the coolest uh scenes in the movie in terms of action and everything and um i thought yeah the sound design you know whether if it's not realistic as or whatever according to it was chris hadfield or whatever like I still uh, enjoy the the pacing and the editing and the and the sound design and that's when they were using uh, real moon landscapes and um, also the director made it a point to shoot this movie on film. Um, there's like dis- digital aspects, absolutely, and like CG so good, and stuff like yeah. that. But uh, yeah, he shot it shot it on film. He was like saying how you know he's still a lot of pretent- pretentious he would catch himself he's like at the risk was sort of pretentious but it's like it's like the canvas that, you, like, paint, thing, that yeah. you paint on you know and it has all these like different imperfect grooves that you just you know with digital film it's all the same canvas it's yeah. all like digital and like with with grant with film green it's just it, it's different each time and uh yeah like it kind of made me rethink things and the and the beauty of that especially how stark the blacks and whites are in this movie and uh, the design of the spacesuits I thought were good, and in the rovers and all and all that stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, the I, fading, the fading. I think of Brad Pitt in um, on the return from Neptune, like mm. where he's kind of going through that whole like kind of crazy little alone period. Mm-hmm. There was like some shots there that I could definitely tell this was like a film movie because it was like fading him in and out, mm. and like that's like digital would make that much cleaner, but like you could definitely see the film aspect of it there, which I thought was kind of cool. Like Brad Pitt appearing in front of you. Totally. Um, the warm glows cool. and of, of everything. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so space pirate scene. And then we, we, we leave Donald Sutherland to get his emergency surgery. You guys like uh, the Don in this movie. I mean, he's, you're a big hunger games guy. I know that's not his like main, main movie or anything. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> people would probably be, freaking out like that's your donald sutherland pole <laughs> uh, uh me and blar just watched some hunger games or i mean he's so such a big deal yeah yeah, and, yeah. yeah. but that was President his Snow. his role in this was kind of like uh they, i think the director had said that they originally planned him to be uh um what do you like the adopt like the the father like like the guy that kind of took over when tommy lee jones left and kind yeah, of was like the, that's what it seems like yeah. the father figure mm-hmm. for him and um to have right. him kind of you know, like fail him or, or leave him as well and him for him to be on his own again um it just further drives home the point in this movie the same as you need to worry about home and you need to worry about earth it's like you can't place all your dependence on other people and you know these even these heroes of yours and and, and people that you think will, will lead you in the right way and will always be there to tell you what to do, you have to instill that confidence in yourself and, and, you know, and home and in yourself. And, and I don't know, I like that, that sort of strength building for, for him and what that does for him as a character is something that I enjoy in films a lot where they just, uh, you see a character kind of just gradually, I don't know, like deteriorate or, or like, uh, just at least change, you know, and at least have yeah. to deal with some of some real hard truths and, to see this guy be cool as a cucumber and kind of like start to break down makes it interesting to watch for me. Um, mm. he, he goes from moon to Mars with the, uh, the, the crew, which we'll, yep. we're kind of with for a little bit here. 
um, to record the message, which I would you guys this soundproof room I thought was really cool looking. I guess it was in like Santa Clarita or something. Um, just and it was pretty. I guess it's just out there. Like it just looks like that. And all they did was like add some glowing lights on the bottom. But it's just like this cool soundproof room. <laughs> yeah, I thought right. it looked like Dune or Blade Runner or some shit. I liked a lot of the Mars stuff. I thought a lot of the mm-hmm. Mars, like the whole just Mars uh, era was pretty cool i thought overall. kind of total recall almost too oh yeah. yeah i yeah. i loved it too because we also got that like um scenes with ruth nega the girl whose parents were on the ship with tommy right. lee jones and she's then they're in that she's a martian that that, in that crazy room that is so incredibly stylized it would have me cracking up because i loved it like stimulating visually whatever because it's like the walls were led screens and it was like oceans mm-hmm. and then some of it was like close-ups on like leaves and stuff mm-hmm. and the, but it's so funny to think about a room where that exists and then there's also these like pieces of furniture that are like really abstract you know Mm. like it's so impractical where it's like this chair is like kind of like wavy and one big stone block and all of that well even even the people oh sorry oh i was just gonna say like a little tip they didn't even plan to like have that visual imagery on the rooms and they decided after the fact and the director was joking like oh the cinematographer might not have been happy about that because he did not prepare (laughs) the lighting for Uh things to be projected like that but yeah anyways oh yeah um well yeah i was just gonna say that even the people kind of look different to me on mars like it was like i felt like Mm. there was like a very strong like bone because there was a couple there was that girl the actress that you mentioned i forget ruth mega yeah Mm -hmm. mega and then i liked her like her her superior even there i don't know they kind of had these like chad like features oh yeah (laughs) for sure look like human you know and i was Uh just like wait this is kind of interesting i I thought that was kind of cool it's like yeah they are martians like these are people that have been on a different planet with different gravity, right? Like striking eyes and just kind of like a different sort of spiritual like sense yeah. about her. Um, yeah, and that was cool. one thing I thought was really cool with it, like the reason they had those tunnels like that was because I guess there's already kind of tunnels in on Mars that are, are that are kind of like that. So their thinking was if there was actually they were actually going to build infrastructure, or whatever on Mars, then it's probably they could do it like in these tunnels underground yeah. sort of thing. Um, and he was also saying like in on moon on the moon is it is more like commercialized and is more like airport sort of thing. But then on Mars, it's more mili- military sort of grade sort of stuff. So you see kind of like the the quality of kind of change, especially with the the ship that takes them from from moon, the moon to Mars. That ship itself is also much different. And I loved all those buttons. I don't know. Everything had a really cool sort of real look to it, but also like. It did have some style. I, I think they were trying to go with very, very like cut and dry sort of thing. But I, I think that minimal style, minimal sort of look was a style to me that I, that I enjoyed yeah. as well. It kind of reminded me of the expanse, honestly. Um, mm. I don't know if you guys have seen that series on Amazon, um, but it's the same kind of idea where Mars is the militant kind of like base or more military operational thing. And the people were very similar to that where there's you no know, strong facial uh, features and, yeah, it was just like, oh, interesting. It, kinda, it gave me that feeling a lot because I've watched that show. I've I've seen almost every season. I think I'm a little bit behind now, but mm. um, people love yeah, that. The, yeah, yeah, it's really good. It is really good. Um, I think it falls off the more and more they get into it, but mm. the first couple seasons are just like, dude, this is fucking awesome. I gotta try it again. Um, yeah, but yeah, now now we're at a like the 
these apes are monkeys or baboons oh or whatever they gosh. are. They're, they're created by the Weta Workshop. Speaking of, uh, you know, that's the Liv Tyler Lord of the Rings connection. <laughs> I'm just going to keep on making connections. Um, but yeah, they are made by the Weta Workshop people. I thought that was cool. And they worked on like the newer Planet of the Apes movies. So that's why they reached out to them. Um, but is this something you guys like expected? Is there, is there a reaction uh, that if, when you first saw it, was it like, dude, the guy when he is like, it's just like convulsing. I thought mm-hmm. he was just like, he had punctured his suit and like, that's what I was right. like, 100%. Same. He's just like, he's like, he broke, he has a puncture in the suit or something. And <laughs> this monkey comes out of nowhere, was eating his face, was eating his face, yeah. Eating his face off. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, mutant ass monkeys have just like gone on the this is like, oh yeah. my god, it was terrifying. I, I would see this horrified. Oh my god, and it was it was a scary scene. And I would just to the credit of the film, like you know this that was a horror scene that happens, and yeah, I would just say that this movie has a lot in it. You know, we have these action sequences, we have really intense drama sequences and horror too. There's a lot, lot going on in this movie that gives you a lot for what. Yeah, this is this is another vignette too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that was a CGI monkey or something, right? Like, correct. Had to have been. It was a. It was like a woman in a gray suit. They they said. It's just so funny hearing the director talk about stuff. It's like, oh, it was this. This this small woman actor was in this gray suit wrestling with Brad Pitt for a few days, and we're like, how the hell is this going to look any good? And then, sure enough, we get it back a year later from what a workshop, and it looks amazing. <laughs> and the guy, but the, the I mean, the one guy who got his face eaten up, you know, he went through prosthetics and then his, and his hand and shit too. And he was yeah. even saying in an interview, I had a lot of fun watching behind the scenes on this movie, but uh, that uh-huh. like like the yeah monkeys go for the the digits. Yeah. To, uh, yeah you're okay. less, so you're like kind of less of a, less of a threat, I think. And and then yeah, just rip your fucking nose off. Ugh! Nose off, gnarly yeah. man. Seeing that, Savage. and then he tries to duct tape his his helmet, uh, and then hits that airlock or whatever, and it does yeah, the old uh, license Oof. license to kill, as I like to say. Or is that what <laughs> is which T doll does that one in the microwave? Is it license? I think it's license to kill, right? Or is it? Uh, yeah, that sounds right. What's the other one? Um, Living daylights. Living daylights. It's one. I think it's licensed to kill. They put a guy in a microwave, or is a microwave or like a the pressurizer, the pressurizer thing, and his head explodes, kind of like that. (laughs) I was just thinking chicken pot pie. I was like, someone left the chicken pot pie in the microwave too long. (laughs) Been there. (laughs) Dinner is served. (laughs) Down, Bubba. <laughs> yeah, interesting direction though but again i think it speaks to the theme of the movie where mm-hmm. they were kind of just going all over the place um and they yeah they're just like yeah you're gonna get you're gonna get mutant space monkeys yeah because i mean at the the bigger narrative point that it was making is as brad pitt was telling them no don't do this let's keep going we have a yeah. mission to do you know to just continue to like to bring it back again like this is the this is what's going on the the movie is telling you that he is a lot like his father right like he doesn't have a you know doesn't care about potential stragglers because True. like he even said like I, I wrote a quote down of like we go to work we do our jobs mm-hmm. and then it's over i think that's after this yeah. scene yeah mm-hmm. Right. And that's like, and that's the way he's looking at it is, you know, we're just, 
we're here to do a thing and then die. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and going to save these people isn't part of that job. So he it's, argues it, that we shouldn't do it. I'm so glad we well, watched Apocalypse Now recently. You and I, we had, we threw it, we do like uh-huh. Discord watch parties on Amazon and we watch them. And there's the scene. Yeah, exactly like it. Or not exactly there. It's, it's more, it's, it's, it's uh, dark in a different way where they, where they pull over to try to, they're searching this merchant uh, little boat just to see if there's weapons and stuff. And it goes bad and they kill everybody. And, and you know, in apocalypse yeah. now but the whole time martin sheen is like we're not stopping we gotta i have a mission we gotta go he's like you're i'm captain like yeah. your your mission is secondary or whatever and that whole com- conversation anyways mike what you're gonna say no it happens exactly that, in this movie yeah, parallel is, exactly is, is, happens like that yeah. yeah no it's like amazing honestly but but yeah, yeah i also think they did try like that's where i get a little bit realistic sometimes i think too because like me putting myself brad, brad pitt in brad pitt's shoes it's like they didn't like they had made an attempt to contact the vessel right like there's probably other things they could have done so i agree kind of like with brad pitt how about like hey i think this is kind of like a bad idea a bad call and he the guy even says like you have the authority to overturn this but then you have to state your objective and it's very clear mm-hmm. that brad pitt has to be top secret oh yeah he can't his objective mm-hmm. um under the so, radar, if you will. Yeah, exactly. I would just love if the mon- if they call in the monkeys like, ah, ah, no, yeah, can you come bring bananas? I don't know. <laughs> is that you, Sergeant Grayson? Is there Sergeant Grayson? More bananas? <laughs> I'm so, they get is... in, get in there, and then instead of the body twitching, it's just a chair floating, and then a monkey turns around. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Well, hello there. God, I wish I had Sam Neill's uh, scream from Event Horizon on on lock every time we do this this podcast. Oh! <laughs> we watched that together, I think, right on one of our episodes. Anyways, oh, we uh, talked about it because um, yeah. uh, Edgar was for our um, Resident Evil. Episode, ah, because so. yes, he's going to be coming back for our Event Horizon yeah. episode. Maybe we, you and uh, maybe Mike and Edgar can do a, uh-huh. a four person. Event episode. Horizon, the uh, oil movie. Uh, the Sam Neill, Lauren, Larry Fish uh, movie about it's it's. Uh, I mean, what did they kind of go like a uh, they go through a black hole or something, right? Idea. And it's like a possessed possessed ship or something like that. But they uh, they do that inter- you haven't seen that? I feel like that may, might be a Blargy movie, but they they do that um thing that they do in Interstellar is kind of where people say it's ripped from is where they do that paper thing to explain what like a black black hole or whatever is. Oh. Um, and they do the literal exact same same thing except I think it's like a yeah. porno oh. mag or something like that. Cool. <laughs> it's <laughs> I don't know. But uh it's I mean it's uh oh, what is that director? I I forget, but um. Anyways, it's a director from yeah. Resident Evil, right? I think that's how we started talking about it. Yeah, um, oh, that's cool. yeah, that's cool. I don't but, know that. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to get you on and Edgar maybe to do a four four piece. That would that would be a lot of fun. Um, but after this, it's uh, you know, no no. They're nose. en route to Neptune, right? Mm. That's the, after the monkey thing is because they're going to Neptune, right? And at that point, it's the captain, the technical captain of the ship that is now dead. And then it's like the now new captain in charge, and then like two other people. I right? think this is. I think I, the moon to I, I Mars it, is is when they get in touch with the Norwegian bio thing, and then once they get to Mars, is, okay. is when, you're correct. Yeah, is when they lose they lose that captain, and then he goes through all his stuff with, and then he finds that he she shows him the video 
of uh, Daddy Teddy TLJ, right, 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 uh, killing all those peeps. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> that was pretty much the coolest way to say that. <laughs> Daddy TLJ killing those peeps. You know, you know, <laughs> you know. Yeah, he shared that vlog of Daddy TLJ <laughs> killing all those peeps. <laughs> and then I don't, caps. Like, one of the like visually like cooler moments of the movie, I thought, is and also a point where you could maybe fall asleep, but then the space shuttle would immediately wake you up. But when he's swimming through the water, but oh, then he's yeah. in his spacesuit, so he can still breathe yeah. and everything. And I was just like, oh, this is cool. He's like, Wait, it's like floating. He's like, notice? it's like just like being in space because it's like weightless and stuff. But and then he's like, it's counting down. He's got to get on the ship. Yeah. Did you notice? Uh, sorry, just real quick, a tidbit on that scene specifically. Did you notice that when he breaches, when he surfaces, he takes a gasp of air as if oh, he's really? his breath? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Like, <gasps> and I'm like, wait, what? That doesn't <laughs> like, make any sense. Oopsies. <laughs> space. He's been breathing this whole time. He's like right? wiping his helmet. He's like, yeah. oh. Jeez. <laughs> oh. <laughs> towel around his waist. Around his yeah. face. He's like doing his hair. He puts one oh. towel on his his hair's all wet and shit. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. I was it's like, not very geez. airtight. Uh, yeah, and then he, he makes it on the ship, and then I think this is one of the, I don't know, like a nice, like frantic kind of Tarantino almost scene of them trying to uh, dispatch him, and then shit just goes fucking south real quick. And seeing that lady's face just smash me. Oh my god, that was brutal. That was brutal. They hit the brakes. Brutal. I gasped. Yeah. I was like, oh god. Oh, <laughs> a lot man. of face trauma in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, because the, the moon rover pirate scene. Yeah. Uh, that guy gets straight to what the were, dome. What, mm-hmm. what were they shooting again? It looked like were they shooting volleyballs? Like I looked at the guy's helmet that got hit and it was like cratered in. And I'm like, it was a cannonball. It was I mean they're space pirates so they're using tiny tiny space pirate cannonballs <laughs> just have, like, of course as they do nerf, nerf guns just nerf guns yeah <laughs> they, they pull out swords and <laughs> swing onto the other i mean i wish it was like moonrakers lasers i just watched that recently and there's that scene in moonraker where james is walking through like the uh um mi6 field operating base in um i can't remember what country they're in Is and there's just boat? that guy no okay that's a no different. that's man with the golden gun gotcha. um but there's that guy that's testing and you f- get to see it f- the laser gun first and it's so funny because he's just like standing there the and, and it melts his head yeah. and you're like what <laughs> and he has to shoot him like 10 times in order to it's like, like straight up just like microwaving somebody it's not like a direct hit where like shoot a hole in someone it just be like and like microwave their body <laughs> to a point where they're <laughs> like the yeah the first couple hits are like uncomfortable and then by the fifth one you're like oh Oh, it's starting to really burn. My internal organs <laughs> are bursting. Get a headache. Oh. Get a headache. <laughs> so stupid. But then we oh, just heard Chris point. Hadfield say that guns would work fine in space. And if anything, they would shoot further right. <laughs> and then yeah, possibly right. hit escape velocity. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yep, Interesting. That is true. Interesting. <laughs> nerd alert. <laughs> <laughs> nerd alert. Nerd alert corner. Oh, is that what you're calling Chris Hadfield? Fucking. <laughs> 
<laughs> Astronauts are nerds. <laughs> well, he did say he's like, I could do the math to see what the escape velocity would be needed to get off. What a fucking like, nerd. Right, yeah. nerd. <laughs> oh no, he's a total giga chat. Oh, I mean, for, but for it's real. <laughs> uh but yeah i like i liked everyone and then he hits someone uh they're wrestling and someone shoots the fire extinguisher that like contaminates all the air so everyone asphyxiates and Mm -hmm. shit goes south just really fucking quick and he feels bad for it which i think is is uh just a just an interesting place for our main character to be in on the final leg of his journey of like uh didn't sorry guys didn't mean to do that try to jump on the (laughs) ship there was no ill intent they're all dead i'm going dark bye (laughs) Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hashtag my bad. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's great, though. Like, yeah, in, in uh-huh. where, it no, not him killing people that I didn't, whoa, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. But um, it, where we're at in the story and where mm-hmm. Brad Pitt is um, personally, because again, that's so he's about to go meet his father after this, and he just killed people on his mission to go meet his father. So there's a lot of relatability there. And yeah, so to start getting into the stuff with the father, I was just thinking about it. um, And I'm sure everybody on this can relate is like, at first in the movie, I'm like, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to like see and talk to my father again, right? And there's like that want and desire to go do that. But the movie starts to present all of these shortcomings of it. And then once he finally gets there, you're presented with a person that isn't the guy that you had built up in your head. Like, he's just a normal person, by and large, right? I mean, normal, I guess, would be a little (laughs) underselling him a little bit. I mean, but still, you get what I mean. And it's just, it's a really fascinating core of this movie. Because, again, I think this just comes at such an interesting point. Like, this movie really, like, us talking about it right now in relation to things is so fascinating to me. Because it just, again, shows. Okay, so we are back. Uh, sorry about that. We had a little bit of a unexpected interruption. I think there were some uh, sort of swamp gas that crossed o- over from Neptune. Yep. Um, hit us it was directly. a global electrical surge. Yes. TLJ. At it again. <laughs> you must be stopped. Uh, Brandon, it cut you off in particular. I think I think that's where it cut it off. You were getting into um, this final trip, to, final leg of his trip to Neptune. Yes. Kind of, yeah, touching on the father son yeah, stuff, I think. Yeah. yeah, getting there, the man that he was expecting him to be and mm. what he ends up being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because something that stands out to me in my notes that I, yeah, oh God, this movie was really therapeutic in a lot of ways for me, guys. Um, nice. Because that's good. Um, yeah, like things that I wrote is like, you know, he says, I have my own life and I am my own person. And there is a point that's being made there where. I think given the opportunity to talk to my father again, like I would go to the ends of the earth, but then it presents it towards the end of the movie of like, what you get out of that is the realization that your expectations are like me. They are expectations that you create these things like I, you know, me personally want these things, but are they like, are they going to live up to these expectations or are they good for me to have these expectations? And it's just, it's a fascinating thing to think about where so much of the drive and the reason that seemingly Brad Pitt is doing the things that he's doing is to 
see his father again, talk to his father again, uh, live up to what he thinks his father wants, like the man he wants. He thinks his father like would expect him to be and to get there and be met with somebody who is self-interested by and large clearly tells him like, I didn't really care about your mother and you like is just, it's so fascinating uh, to think about because it just, yeah, I don't know. It goes to show you when you don't, when you, when there's a hole that is presented in your life, uh, by somebody not being there, you fill it up with uh, fantasies. And when met with the actuality of who these people are in our lives that are so incredibly important, it, it it's not what it lives up to be. It is different. And it just, there's, uh, yeah, there's something to there that is really, really interesting and fascinating to me. And um, yeah, therapeutic in the sense of like leaving it, saying like, I am my own person. This is my own life. And I shouldn't, you know, my my motivation shouldn't be about what somebody else ex- expects, like living up to those expectations of somebody else. And um, some really heavy stuff. I don't know. Yeah. I left with some really, really heavy shit coming out of it. Because especially too, when they're, you know, he's, I just can relate even really specifically about him taking care of his father in getting him into the suit and all of that. There's just so much time spent there that I really just, yeah, can relate with where I'm taking care of you because I think I know what's best for you. And that person not really wanting that. And then um, very soon after in the movie being confronted with his father going against him and not and again being so like ah it's so crazy how to me uh tlj comes off as being so fucking self-centered and selfish even though his mission like we've talked about with astronauts and space and travel and all of that where you're like i am I need to remove myself of emotion to accomplish this bigger goal that is going to fulfill a greater purpose. And you're just like, man, but then the person involved is just incredibly self. Well, self-centered. See that, but that's what I feel like begs the question. I think that's the point they delivered the best in this film is like, you're a hundred percent, right? Everything you just said, Brandon is literally the definition of selfishness. However, there is also the, uh, what you're talking about is like this big purpose, like, the discovery of intelligent life in other places like in in our galaxy um would be insane like that would be one of the biggest and and that benefits not just one person that benefits literally the entire human population and very individuals have the chance and we talked about this i think it kind of alluded perfectly at the beginning of this podcast of the type of person it takes Right. Oh, mm-hmm. That is the person that does that thing that the people that ch- make those level of changes, they don't love that. Not that love their family, I almost said, but they have to make that sacrifice and understand that that sacrifice is necessary. Cause you're right. That was incredibly heavy shit to hear your father say, I did not care. I knew I was leaving your mother in a terrible situation. I knew I was completely abandoning my son in your like, little he, ideas. He, I think it was something yeah. like little ideas. Something yeah. Like that, yeah. Little ideas like dude, that, to, he was on a different level he's like, almost looking at the human races yeah he's yeah some, it's some something so much bigger than than 
and but yeah than anybody even mm -hmm. and he didn't say it i think as much um which i think is what gives it more of the self-centered cocky vibe is that he didn't really seem to apply it to himself because technically he himself is human as well so he can't like put himself that far above anyone else like yeah you're doing mind-blowing shit but you gotta have an ego man um but yeah those I things thought, yeah. distort yeah i don't know like what what he what he's trying to do and how he's trying to do it distorts within his own perception of what his orders are the same way that brad and you were saying brandon like expectations from a father to a son and what you perceive are those expectations because right you, because you distort everything in your mind what yeah. you think that someone else wants out of you and even to the extent of like what you think you need yourself and what you think you want can be yeah all va vastly different things i think i cut you off mike sorry no that's no i i was done that's like all i really wanted to say and yeah i think you echo that point perfectly too about the expectations like you and brandon both have been saying that you know because we we bias that individually like from from our lens right like we perceive what what is being told to us mm -hmm. but yeah that that was a interesting I, like honestly this the whole sec the second half of the movie i wish was the big like the the movie i didn't care mm -hmm. for i see the the first half of the movie at all honestly mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. leaving mars and going to neptune to me should have been the beginning of the movie <laughs> cuz then mm -hmm. everything gets really good i'm like I'm into it. I'm like, it's more, they've, right. they've then picked a lane that I can like get into. I'm like, okay, we're going sure. story heavy. I don't mm -hmm. care anymore about the space and the science shit. Like, yeah, it's cool. But like Brad Pitt, oh my God, Brad Pitt fucking <laughs> hurling himself off an antenna with a, oh, with the shield, space metal, just like going through dope. the ring. I thought it was so badass. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Just, like, kudos to you, my guy. Like, you think he would just splat on the other spaceship once he got there? Well, that's the other thing too. He kind of does. Yeah. He, like he, he hits does, that. Doesn't hits puncture his suit somehow at all and just like sticks the landing with like a hanging grab. I'm like, it's all right, fun. whatever. It's fun. But yeah. that's exactly because they picked I, the lane and now I'm like, yeah. whatever. Like it's more about the story. I don't care. You can now it's badass that Brad Pitt's mm -hmm. literally fucking charging it. <laughs> then he blasts off of a nuclear explosion back to Earth. <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah. Yeah. It's just like, boom, fuck it. <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's an interesting thing to think about because. Yeah. Well, we've talked about like. You have to remove yourself. It's like me and Mike have talked about this and I've talked about it with our friend David Alvarez, like about. Being a leader and pushing things forward and progressing things like I specifically was talking to. Uh, our friend David Alvarez about this, where he, you know, he frames it like, I don't really want a leader to necessarily be too emotional because they have a clear goal and everything that they are doing should be in service of that goal because that's what their job is. And if they're, if they're wavering on, if they're making a decision based off of how to like, you know, consider something else outside of the goal it's it's almost like they're doing their job poorly mm -hmm. but i'm and been you know kind of bringing this up over and over again i feel like beating a dead horse of like but it's it's so concerning to me how you have to be devoid of emotion in those situations because i just feel like fundamentally like that's what makes us human
like so it's it, it in my mind it's like we're championing or putting like value on being emotionless as a good quality of a leader or of whatever and that just scares the fuck out of me mm-hmm. because i'm like okay but just like with where brad pitt ends up is like i just feel like you're left with okay the mission was by and large successful but where does that leave you as a person you know where does that leave you as a human being like you've just lost all of your humanity in this process it's just like again if i were i at first i was like i would do anything to you know realistically to fulfill a mission to talk to my father again but then then towards the end i'm like but at what point have i just completely lost myself then in that mission how many people have I killed, fucked over, whatever, to get to this self-interest? It just seems so self-interested and so selfish at that point. And it just is a scary thing to me to think about how that's like tied up into progress. Like it's it's hard to like decouple those things. I think it's not. So I think I can maybe help potentially. Because okay. I think I don't think it's necessarily to progress. You have to do that. But I think it is necessary to evolve. Right. Because if you have people, like you mentioned an example where you would literally do anything, right? That kind mm. of mentality. If that, if that uh, decision was presented in a scenario in which it was detrimental to your, your, uh, your survivability, mm. right? And it, and, it, and, and it ended up in a fatal situation. If every single human being behaved that way, there would be no more human beings. Mm-hmm. We would not have survived human mm. beings would be a dead species and there's still an argument that we can do that to ourselves eventually right mm-hmm. regardless sure. like yeah. right but you do have to be able to understand and again it's a selfish decision at the surface but it, looking at zooming out and looking at the bigger picture is it is in service of more humans because to have more humans in the future to even totally. think about that right you have to survive and you have to make it through right um yeah because i be able to do that in scenarios and and be able to turn that off and be able to make a decision that is going to further you along right totally because now i recognize like if i were to if i were presented with the option of this is going to accomplish a bigger picture and then this is going and in doing that i am going to hurt uh lose whatever there's going to be fallout from it. It is also selfish to go like, I am not going to help future people because me personally right now, I feel the importance of right. the, you know, my friends, my family, that kind of thing, you know, right. cause that is also selfish, right? Is because I'm placing so much value in the love that I have for the people around me that I'm not willing to give that up in order to potentially save future humans or whatever you know so yeah it's just it's it's such a crazy like conundrum you know and and and, yeah there's no want it you don't want it to go to either extreme because going to either extreme is i agree super scary right because again if if there's too much empathy or whatever then then that has its own downfalls and then if there's only individual and right only that type of thought then there's downfalls there Right. right so it has to be a healthy balance i think for sure um but yeah it is like it's scary to think about that you you're 
you're giving one up as you try to uh, achieve more of the other, basically. Exactly. Right. Oh. So to the credit of this movie, it made me think about those things and I really got to give the movie credit for doing that. Well, yeah, just, I think the second half. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I mean you know, yeah, it, then it just, it just wouldn't be yeah his heart of darkness uh, sort of sort of situation. It would just be more more straight. Just get get to the point, and you'd have maybe sort of the more of those things kind of catering exposition wise to uh, an action action sort of plot. I feel like would be more something like yeah, that. This is just such sure. a thought thoughtful meditative sort of piece that I thought yeah it was better for me on my my second viewing. Um, but I, I thought this fostered good discussion and, uh, uh, especially here, you know, at the end where it does kind of end in a conversation very much like contact or, um, you know, interstellar in the bookcase to an extent, even though interstellar has yeah. like a lot of, you know, heart pump and sort of stuff going on there, there too, but it really is the climactic moment is yeah. Interstellar is a, you know, book bookcase and contact when they finally, she gets to that point, she's just on the beach and this yeah. aliens like, yeah the version of her dad. I don't know. I'm spoiling, I'm spoiling yeah. shit, <laughs> you know, that, no, that, no. that sort yeah. of like thoughtful meditation stuff, like can definitely take people out. And that's why I, another reason why I think it, it's polarizing. And, uh, I'm, I was, uh, going to jump into some reviews. If you, if you guys have any other, uh, thoughts before I, I do that, go ahead. Well, go and it. just, you know, God damn it. One. Brad Pitt gets the girl too. And that's just so great. He gets well, and that's, the girl. And that's, what's representative of his change. And I mean, even to your point, I, yeah. I'm like Brandon is like, yeah, he, he went through these things to get there. And then also there is like this representation of how he is just like this small kind of snippet of a scene with Liv, him and Liv Tyler, which is supposed to represent that that crossover of, of and transformation of, of his own character. Um, but also that is kind of it's it's a little minimal in, in that in its own way there, too, is like, oh, he's just he's going to go back to this relationship that we have no idea, like really who this person is about. and what this represents. Yeah. But I mean, because it seems like Liv Tyler is making the right He's giving himself yeah. like the capacity to do so, I guess, yeah. you know, yeah. and he's not going to fall into the the sins of his father in that uh, circumstance, I guess, anymore. He, right. he, he, he rode the line. Uh, and there were there were parallels to to his father, but he made an active decision to walk the other way after saving the world, baby. Yeah, they put a bow on it. They really did at the end. I, mm -hmm. I give him credit again. Like I said, it you know, a bunch already. But that second half, I think they they wrapped it up nicely. And they yeah, I'm glad Good I was with him in time. I was getting concerned. I was like, where's Liv Tyler is like they're going to be. Just no mention of her ever again. This movie just ends without any. Well, I, well, while I was playing last night and she was walking in, uh, Cara was probably annoyed my, by me, but I was like, I don't want to close my eyes. I don't want to fall asleep because I miss you, babe. And I don't want to miss there. And I was just waiting for that to start playing while she was walking yeah. in because was, that was the yeah. moment. Um, yep. And then all yep. of a sudden it's Ben Affleck <laughs> instead of Brad Pitt. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> and then I uh, wanted on the commentary for Ben Affleck also to show up because he is. Like, <laughs> yeah, talk about commentaries. How, how stupid. Yeah. Oil rickers going to the, we already uh, went, we already did Armageddon. Go to that episode. Uh, uh, Brandon, you had one, so, one more thought. Yeah. Uh, two things. So we're talking about music. I wanted to, I don't know if it's Max this, Richter. The best way to do yeah. it, but I wanted to play a little bit of I got a gal in Kalamazoo because this song plays 
when he gets oh when he shows up to tlj's place he's a big guy musical fan oh yeah so can i i'm in an activity is that a good way to Uh, share i think share your screen would be easier okay Gotcha. Or you can put, or you can put the link in the chat, whatever, whichever you prefer. And what is the name of that? That's in a in a film. Um. Okay. So it's a. It was a a pop song. If you can (laughs) wrap your mind around that being a pop song, uh, because it came out in nineteen forty two. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing. Uh. So with the song that I wanted to say is that. So uh, this song. I've got a girl in Kalamazoo. Just to show you what music's like at the time, came out in 1942. This was the best-selling recording in the United States, according to oh, Billboard yeah. magazine. Get this: it was it spent 19 weeks on the wow. chart. Eight eight of those 19 first place. Wow! This song is TLJ was just doing <laughs> the fucking Charleston for 19 weeks straight. This Dude, is. So one that was of, like the one of the biggest songs ever. Yes, this would that was be like, like the 1942 version of a music video. Then is what we were oh, seeing. Absolutely, this would be uh, equivalent to like, yeah, uh, gotcha. a, a, like yeah, a mega like I I kissed a girl and I like it type deal, <laughs> you know, in 1942. But here's the song. That's what I'm talking. Hey, pour me another two fingers of that old uh, moonshine there, pal. Ooh. I don't know why, but I suddenly have the urge to slap a waitress on the ass. <laughs> I, I want to open up this pit, baby. Let's get this fucker started. <laughs> I feel like we can't get DC yet. Uh, DCMA on this because it's so old. <laughs> oh, it's possible. I mean, it could be public public record here soon, but it's gotta be <laughs> at this point, right? Who knows? As this long as we is, commentate over it, I think it'll be all right. This song is eighty-one years old, or not eighty-one? Uh, yeah, wait, no, sixty-one. Yeah, sixty-one. TLJ was just listening to this for thirty years straight. That's how good of a song. It was taught on Neptune. It was the top one chart for 30 years straight. We're coming straight to you from Neptune. I've got a gal in my, gal third, my third moon. Dude, this song fucks. Yeah. Wait until you see her. You'll agree. My hometown gal's the only one for me. I mean, this is giving me like Fallout vibes now, too. Look at that guy's chin. Whoa. He's got a big head. He's got a noggin. He's got an underbite. And he does the sax. He's singing and saxing. Oh, so very nice. What a jam that is. Am I right? That was a treat absolutely not wrong uh, yeah and if i were 19 trapped on neptune, weeks on the charts nine of them i wonder how he had access to that on neptune i wonder i guess it's just something he brought it's like oh you can bring i, I gotta bring my eight tracks <laughs> <laughs> or i guess no it's like if anything maybe tlj is like a millennial oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah right in the near future i don't know 
Right, exactly. He was, yeah, you find out he was born in 92 or something. <laughs> it's like watching Harry Potter. <laughs> looking, at, looking at like doggo memes and shit. Right, he just, yeah. yeah. Could you imagine he gets in there and triple extentation? <laughs> Jarring. This is Total my banger. music. Back in my day, this is Glenn real Miller music. Band. <laughs> I got uh, Brad Pitt yeah. listening to you then, like, oh man. Yeah, right. What's the new age scene then? He's just like out on the Space Needle just listening to like dolphins. Vaporwave. Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> just vaporwave to chill and relax to while in a space station. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, well, let's move on to uh, some of these critic reviews. They were keen on this one at an 83. Uh, let's go to some of the the hot takes here. The hot takes, strictly hot let's takes from RogerEbert.com. Let's check it out from Brian Tallarico on RogerEbert.com. Gives it a 100%. This is a rare, this is rare nuanced storytelling anchored by one of Brad Pitt's career best performances and remarkable technical elements on every level. It's a special film. Yeah. Uh, from Rolling Stone, <laughs> Peter, Peter Travers gives it an 80. Gray's filmmaking is tremendously exciting. I, uh, I'm having a hard time disagreeing with that kind of stuff. I think so much of what we're talking about having issues with is a lot of the plotting. Um, mm -hmm. Not so much the back half, but yeah, it's a, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. Fine take. From CNN, uh, Brian Lowry. It's a it's 75. It's a well-made provocative movie and in a great big universe searching for intelligent content, one would hope there's still room for that. Thought yeah. Probably, I would specify probably, but yeah. Very One thing the director movie. said too, this is kind of like not a super high budget movie, but also not a super low budget movie, which he's like, that doesn't really happen that much these days yeah, of totally. like a middle like kind of middle of the the road budget movie Absolutely. It's, neat. it's kind of interesting um mm -hmm. owen gleberman from variety gives it a 70 uh says gray proves beyond measure that he's got the chops to make a movie like this he also has a vision of sorts one that's expressed nearly in inadvertently in the metaphor of that space antenna watching ad astra you may think you signed on for a journey that's out of this world but it turns out that the film's concerns are somberly tethered to earth. Mm. Nice. Uh, on to audience reviews. Let's uh, check out how they feel about it. A nice, cool Neptunian 40%. Uh, Wait, I, they don't like it, right? They do not like it. Yeah. They're, yeah. Mm -hmm. They, uh, they, they did not enjoy this one. Let's see why from uh, paradise gave it a one star out of five on Amazon uh, reviews titled, can't believe someone funded this. Uh, Prime, you should give us back the $4 we paid for this. This should be free because it's total garbage. In fact, you should stop. also stop being so greedy asking for money for old movies that are free on other streaming sites. OMG. I wish I didn't have to give this film a star. A rock, molded bread, maybe a good talk before someone cut the check. I hope, I hope this and more human-eating monsters are not all that we have to look forward to as sci-fi movies. This is basically a mega boring remake of a couple of movies. The main one being a Disney movie called The Black Hole, 1979. Brad Pitt must be bored, needing money, or maybe he thought this might be a challenging role. I've no idea, but it was awful either way. 
and having to listen to the never-ending thoughts going through his mind made the movie even harder to watch. Most mm. of the first half, uh, most of the first half is just him traveling to the moon so he could get to another rocket to get him to Mars. The concept is incredibly ridiculous. While traveling to the second rocket, they get attacked by moon pirates. Yeah, moon pirates that come out of nowhere and seem <laughs> suicidal mainly. I'm I'm trying to imagine what it must have been like for Brad to drive to the studio every day, having to get in, into this mind-numbing dramatic role of nonstop close-ups and emotions that didn't have to take up the entire movie to explain. What really hurt was how stupid the movie makers must think their audience is. He slingshots himself from one rocket to another while in space, and I think I barely caught a glimpse of thrusters at the very end when he reaches the ship that will take him back to Earth. Yeah, he would have needed an awful lot of thrusters help to do that. And wait, <laughs> and wait until you see how he gets through debris without getting thrown off course. He then uses the explosion of the other ship to propel his broken rocket all the way back to Earth. Uh? He's, this guy he's is dropping into the atmosphere at freefall speed from space, yet lands with one thud and upright, no less, so that you can see personnel running up to the capsule. This guy works at JPL in Pasadena. He definitely is a rocket scientist. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> all he cares about is thrusters and how things are moving. Yeah, yeah. he took more notes than we did about many yeah. other different types of things. Uh, from Hello Mech, one star out of five, titled Name Should Be La La Land in Space. <laughs> Whoa! There was no singing. And if anything, it'd be First Man from the director of Long, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Uh, they say, uh, wow, just wow. I seriously should have read the reviews of this flaming piece of excrement elsewhere <laughs> before buying it. Brad Pitt needs to go back to being just an actor and performing someone else's storyline. Besides being a movie about space where they completely disregard the science of space, not one character in this snoozer has enough depth or ability to make me care about anything other than getting quickly through this mess. And what the hell was the bit about the killer baboon in space? Somehow one simian was able to kill an entire crew on a station and who in their, and who yeah. in their right mind would take a dangerous animal into space without major, major safeguards. This movie is further proof that the people that fund mo movies nowadays and the so-called power players among the entertainment industry are so far <laughs> removed from reality that they throw money at stuff like this and think people are not going to remember just how bad they, how bad they junk they are coming up with is. All I know is I am not going to ever watch anything with Brad Pitt in it ever again, unless it is effing free. Because quite frankly, he sucks as a producer and has a history of making garbage as per lately. This entire movie is the product of throwing a few, a few high recognition name actors and a lot of money into a really bad story with grossly bad directing. Whoa. My goodness. My God. Tell People us how you really feel. Intense on this. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, you kind of get that. I took the ones that people like vote as helpful. Maybe I'll do one more and, and we'll call it a day on audience reviews and get into our own feelings. Um, from Jeff B. One star titled, I was shocked how bad this was. I'd warn that this review contains spoilers, but really don't bother seeing this movie. The only good Brad Pitt is actually pretty okay. How they got him for such a terrible film is beyond me. Beyond me, truckload of money. Everything else, this movie is awful. I could go into the bad science, all of it quite unbelievable, even in some near future time. But plenty of other reviews have done that. Suffice to say, after the rabid space monkeys attack, I'm not kidding. Watching Pitt traverse 2 billion miles on the strength of nothing but a handheld nuclear device explosion, <laughs> and the amount of time it took him to grow a thick beard, was just the last straw. 
The story makes no sense. The characters make less sense. Everybody's a scientist. They all hate their jobs and they're really religious, religious and terribly incompetent. Going to Neptune only takes 80 days, yet for decades, nobody has bothered to go there to see what has what happened to Pitt's father, who has to go to Mars to send a laser message to his dad. Said in best Dr. Evil Fair. voice. Oh, I fucked that Fair. up. He wanted, they wanted Fair. me to say in Dr. Evil voice. Um, yeah, I'll do that next time. The climax is non-existent and the escape at the end is one of the dumbest, most ill-conceived things I have ever seen. Rent anything else. Um, yeah. People have feelings. It's yeah. ama- it's amazing when they like get into it. You can almost see like I feel, and I feel it reading it too. Just the steam start to grow when they're reading. They're like, "Yeah, oh my god, this keyboard's on fire right now!" Oh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I can't stop. <laughs> oh, jeez, burn, burn. Oh, okay. I'm, I need to call. Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with I- some of these people are going to become critics soon. <laughs> they're going to cross over. <laughs> I, I i think that's a testament in my mind to brad pitt being in this is going to attract people to a film that they might not normally watch and mm-hmm. so that's there's going to be some friction there mm-hmm. where they're like this is a much slower contemplative movie when they're used to brad pitt as like a action guy by and large or at least yeah i mean think about it if if you have if your favorite movies star brad pitt they are probably more fun <laughs> than this. Maybe move a little quicker, have more characters in it. Like, it's just crazy to think about how little there's recognizable characters in this, you know, that fill out the movie. Obviously, you know, you have some standouts that have large roles like Donald Sutherland and uh, TLJ. But after that, there's not a whole lot of people in this that you could really. I mean, I thought it was funny and made a note that. Uh, Natasha Leone's in this for a little brief moment. Yeah. She's like, it was a great role working. for her, even though it's very small. <laughs> yeah. They just kind of complaining about the, um, rigmarole. That's where it felt the, most like total recall is that scene is when he's uh-huh. like in that like yellowish Mars room and she's like guiding him through this line. I was like thinking of him like going through, uh, like oh, the whole total recall scene where he's like got the yeah. Disguises the lady. <laughs> yeah, the girl, the girl from uh, the what's that? Uh, Orange is the new black. TV series. Yeah, Orange is the, the new black. black. Yeah, yeah, that, that's yeah. Natasha Leone. Yeah, that's her name. Okay, cool. She's yeah. got the. She's yeah, she, I can't. I can't do that. That was pretty good. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> um, well, uh, yeah, yeah, you guys want to give uh, some some ratings and, and final thoughts to this uh, this bad boy? Um, yeah. Totally. Why don't you or uh Blarge, we'll defer to you if you yeah. want to go first or if you would okay. prefer one of us, either whatever you prefer. No, I can yeah, I can go first. Yeah. Um actually it's so funny because after hearing the uh the the audience uh reviews, I like almost want to give a better score. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. that's how things get polarized. People feel like they gotta yeah. like out counteract well, whatever's happening. But again, I think that because I, I agreed a lot of what the audience said I agreed with, but again, it was for me, it was all about the buy-in. And to me, I need to be bought into the film. And if that doesn't happen in the beginning, it's very difficult, right? But I, especially I think the I'm, pace of this movie, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Like I, I need to be bought into the film if I'm gonna like fully enjoy it end to end. Um, but mm-hmm. I think I've like also matured as an audience member, like just watching films in general. Sure. And so I can actually appreciate like, like I Slow, said, slow, contemplative, I character yeah. building, shit. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, and I enjoyed like you know kind of aspects of the film again more specifically on the second half um mm. and yeah. and yeah a lot of that stuff that the, the people are complaining about that happens in those 
you know, like with Brad Pitt, you know, going from one rocket to another again, it's silly, but it's like, well, at that point I was already like, okay, that's fine. We're going, this is a more story driven movie now. Like I can follow this now and like really attach myself to that. And that part, again, I thought it was pretty thought provoking. <clears throat> like a lot of the dynamic with Brad Pitt and his dad, um, all of that stuff I thought was like pretty, pretty thought provoking. And I enjoyed that part, especially like the discussion we had here today about it. Like, I think it does have a pretty good commentary on like human will and you know us as a species and and moving forward and all that stuff um i also did like the uh we didn't get to talk about it much but it's not a big deal um the mention of the drake equation so the whole purpose i guess of the lima project is really rooted at the the drake equation which is basically a probabilistic function that tells you like the the likelihood of uh intelligent life Mm. um like elsewhere in the is that named after nathan drake the explorer do you know I there's no it's another it's like an astronomer guy or something uh, okay. or like astrophysicist someone who basically built the equation he's just like okay well, I'm just gonna gotcha. like calculate because even if he's what's funny about that is again it's probabilistic so even if he's off the exact number that he gives right in terms of like plus or minus whatever it's still greater than zero right? yeah exactly so that's right. that's kind of the the notion that I like is like there should definitely be and it's really Again, it takes into an account of like all the, you know, if you look at us as a species and what we would classify as an intelligent life, like we are not really old. I think, you know, depending no, on who, sure. who you believe and who you subscribe to, you know, some of the earliest humans are recorded around to like 30,000 years ago, um, you know, like Denisovan era and shit. And so that's like, I think a whole other kind of aspect that you have to consider when you're thinking about elsewhere, you know, like this Milky Way galaxy is a big fucking place. Um, let alone the universe, right? yeah, let alone, which is <laughs> infinitely bigger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's like that. That kind of stuff you have to like. You know, we have to be looking for the life during the right time window that the life is present to be observed, right? Mm-hmm. And we have to be in the right vicinity to even observe it, right? Because there is that term of the observable universe. That's a very sure. real term, right? There's stuff that we don't see, and we just estimate and based off what we can see, we like basically just project on and like st- fundamental yeah. to statistics, right? It's literally what I went to school. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. But, but yeah, so there's th- all that's kind of fun. And I, I have a soft spot for that. Like if they bring that shit out, if you put that in a movie, I'll always be into it. So that's just kind of my thing. But yeah, in terms of the actual rating, I forget what's the system. Zero out of a hundred. The Rotten Tomatoes cyst. <clears throat> okay. So yeah, the Rotten Tomato system, the zero out of a hundred. Honestly, I think I am like the words I think the audience were saying is probably harsher than a 40%, but I was coming into this at a 40% already. Um, Mm. So I think it's like, yeah, it, if I'm ranking sci-fi space movies, right. And I'm like thinking of some of the best and the greatest, um, it doesn't come close, honestly. Like it really doesn't. Um, Again, I like the, the story in the second half and a lot of those relationship building things that we, we kind of talked about a lot and you know even this the space stuff was cool to see like i don't care that they use a nuclear explosion to get back to earth in 78 days from neptune like whatever that's fine um technically right we don't know like there could have been an explosion that was like big enough to to do that again to concentrate it on a rocket and project it to earth is a little different but whatever like i, I don't i don't mind that too much so i think i think i go into like a a solid like 40 40 percent for for me Gotcha. You're right, right there with the, uh, with the audience, um, spot on pretty much. So 
Yeah. Uh, you're not alone. And I have to be a little stinker and, and just uh, say that we've watched Uncharted close enough that Brandon thinks that <laughs> it's named after Nathan Drake and not Sir Francis Drake. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I had to be a little I stinker. I know. Just... <laughs> yeah. Because we're, yes. we're big Nathan Drake fans over here after Uncharted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, uh, that's, uh, what's his name? Not Tom Middle, but the other guy. Tom Holland. Yeah, no, not Tom, Tom Holland. Holland uh, yeah. Wait, Tom Holland is Nathan Drake? I uh-huh. thought it was. Uh, okay. No, Mark Wahlberg is like the Sully. Uh, Sully, the old uh, okay. mentor guy. Okay, gotcha, mm-hmm. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, right. <laughs> Francis Drake. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a physicist. I can look it up and I'll tell you later. But yeah, I'm pretty sure he's yeah. a physicist. It's okay. Or Lord and Savior Nathan Drake. I mean, he's, he's, yeah. he's the fucking man. Um, but anyways, yeah, you want to take it from here, Brandini? It's up to you, man. What do you feel like doing? Oh, I can go. Sure. Um, yeah, I no, I don't know. Oh, then I'm going to do it. I'm going to fucking do it. You, I, uh, opened the door for you and then you're like, uh, what do you prefer? And then I was like, you know what? Fuck you. Yes, I will go first. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. That's what it's like. And I close the door behind me. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to wrap up the podcast after I'm done. Um, <laughs> uh no i i uh straight up really enjoyed this movie um a lot more even than the first time i watched and i think the first time it was kind of like late at night and i was like falling asleep at a yeah, point, totally. seems to be a lot where like the audience is too and uh i was in a better maybe state of mind and i was really into a meditative space journey and um having slow methodic uh cinematography uh, with beautiful lighting and on film and a lot of um, sort of minimalistic, uh, not only like, yeah, like set pieces and and, uh, and practical sort of things that just uh, kept me in it really, um, really well. And I was, I think, drawn in, obviously, of course, by the uh, performance from Brad Pitt, I think is oh. already a bias for me because I just really enjoy him as a performer. And I always have. And uh, that that draws me to the screen already enough as it is, but um, I'm I am like trying to figure out how easy to please I am with like a sci-fi space movie. I don't know. I I don't think I am because even Expanse, I, I I was like felt claustrophobic in being in a TV show on those sets like so much. It just like was a lot for me. Um, Star Trek is is a little fun because they get out on the on some planets and shit. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. I think this one kept it moving at, at a you know even at, as methodic and slow as it was at a pace that was entertaining and enjoyable for me um and maybe understanding what it was going to be going into it as well and uh seeing it once before i i kind of knew a little bit more about what the energy was going to be and, and everything and that probably helped me a lot as as well uh and also watching apocalypse uh now pretty recently I, it just gave me a lot of context of what they were trying to do with this movie, uh, the themes that they were trying to hit on and, uh, as writers where they got their inspirations from. And I'm sure that's colored a lot by me. Yeah. Listening to a commentary and probably giving yeah. them a lot more credit after under understanding context, but it's much less frustrating to me than like Prometheus, even a movie I do like, and I almost a love hate relationship where I look up more about it and it's like, well, why didn't you put that in the fucking movie? It's like, I feel like with Ad Astra, they edited it down in a way that, uh was yeah it was only the the what was really required in the movie and in many ways like if i were to compare it to even you know i know it's very different than the martian but it is coming around around the same time just the 
the sen- sentimentality of this movie is more in line with with something I'm I'm into as much as Martian is like fuck yeah science yeah, yeah oh we're doing you know oh yeah I'm making potatoes now I'm, <laughs> I'm bad I'm gonna listen to some disco and I'm gonna get nominated for best comedy um and win best oh they won best comedy that's crazy uh and that's not a bad movie but I think just this thoughtful not uh, at all. Oh, it's not a, oh no, not a, no, no, not at all. Not yeah, a, ba- not a bad movie. Not at all. I, I, I'm just saying like, they're very, they're vastly like different movies. And yes. that one, that one is, hi- that one is highly entertaining as with gravity. I think gravity is highly entertaining too, but just in like a very like different way and entertaining action sort of uh thrill ride. Um, but this was much more a character piece. And uh, I think about all the elements, like I, like I was saying that performance, love performances, Love the cinematography, love the lighting, love the set design, uh, the music, Max Richter. Motherfucker, he works with like uh, Tom York and shit. I love, I love that guy. You know, he's, yeah. he's done a lot of other good, good, uh, good scores. And this is uh, something where I, I, yeah, it bumped up for the second watch and it's going to be an 81 for me. It's going to be, it's going nice. to be, it's going to be spicy. Um, oh, I love that for you. Yeah. Polarizing. Yeah. Yeah, we polarize. I love it. We're like, uh, we're pretty we much as it. polarized as like the as the Rotten Tomato score. So this is like a perfect sample size of what's actually happening yeah. in in the universe, <laughs> the, the, our Milky Way, if if it, if even. But um, it's uh, yeah, very worth worth discussion discussion. No matter how you feel about it, how how are you feeling, Brandini? Where are you at? Yeah, let me tell you how I'm feeling. <laughs> <laughs> how are you feeling out there? So what I would say about this movie is that it is a um, it presents a lot of ideas and a lot of visual and not just story wise, but visually and a bunch of things um, that put the Otis on me to do the work to think about how interesting they are. And this has happened plenty of times on this podcast where there's a part of me that enjoys being thought provoked and then thinking, you know, taking the time myself to relish in ideas and to bask in visuals but i overall think that the execution or the collection of this and the coming together of all of these things there are things that are lacking for me and so even though how like it's just yeah it's it's crazy to think that given what this movie is about in relation to what's happening in my life i want to put more uh, value in it but i think it is almost beneficial and part of what this movie is trying to tell me to not do that i'm not trying to just because this movie gives me the things that i need right now doesn't mean that it is a good movie it's about me coming up with a score and about an opinion about this movie that is true to myself and though i find my found myself at times really enjoying it there it's just it's hard to like if you zoom out enough especially at the galactic level that this movie takes place in where you're like yeah again what is this global surge shit <laughs> like why is he the one why are they doing it now like all of these things just really kind of like fall apart for me and yes i I, I think there is a level of uh, aptitude and an accomplishment that happens with this movie that I'm going to give it a relatively favorable score. But I think if I'm really being honest about it and not giving too much into like what we're like basking in the work that I'm doing for it, mm-hmm. that, and to just take it for face value, then 
yeah it, it just it falls apart a little bit for me so, not the sum of its parts kind of exactly yeah. like oh like if you were to just hit yeah again like take mm-hmm. disparate scenes or certain concepts and like mike had even said like focus on just these things like how much better of a movie would be if it just picked a lane as you said mm-hmm. like it would be better <laughs> it would um so i but nonetheless, like f- just more simply, I was surprised at because I went into this thinking because for some reason I thought this movie was going to be really boring <laughs> and it ended up being more entertaining than I thought it was because of these parts that we've highlighted in the discussion. And I will just say now visually, again, there's a lot in this movie that I really enjoy because that's the thing with slower character focused pieces and dramas that the audience I get doesn't it has a hard time like um with just in general because we've done so many movies now at this point where if it's not delivering exactly like this expectation of a uh, sci-fi adventure or whatever and it's it's slow or, or or um yeah just slow and slow in the sense of being meditative and being more interested in emotion audience members are like this movie's a snooze boo fucking hate it why isn't there more space pirates boo and it's yeah i i i like they turn into a real ralph fines from the menu (laughs) (laughs) you wasted my sunday (laughs) it's like uh, you know it it just makes me think like no what people want is a roland emmerich movie they want to see on the ground level what the global electrical surge is doing to japan and like uh, different governments trying to figure it out and all of that shit and mostly people yelling at each other and freaking out with hard fast cuts and yeah lots of yeah exactly and tommy lee jones is on neptune what did you say tommy lee jones on neptune (laughs) just so much yelling yeah Yeah. um the power is here here. (laughs) (laughs) just people like cuts in the hospital it's like where's power where's the power (laughs) you know a lot of that shit and i don't need that i need 20 cc's of power stat i i can definitely get down with it but i don't need it always and i think that's something audience i'm looking at you that you can think more critically and think larger about maybe think about it at the scale that this movie operates in of like it doesn't have to just be an adventure and have all of these space pirates in it for it to be good it can be focusing on the person and more of the emotion that it takes to get us to the rings of Saturn. Like that's interesting. I know it's slow and boring, but fucking come on. Like that's interesting too. And so all that to be said, I'm going to give this movie a 70%. That's how I'm feeling. we got a nice little gradient going a nice little across, across the spectrum of, of tomatoes. You know, you got, you got your, uh, your your rotten ones over a little little on this side and right up to the little more more fresh ones but that's what you get when you go to a wholesale uh nice farmer's market of a podcast like us here you get you, oh. you get you get your selection you know um no no uh no gmos you know you're gonna get some rotten ones in the mix every now and then it makes the experience better um i would like to play a game before we wrap up here, if you guys would, would indulge me a little yeah, game. Can I just take, I just need one second real quick. Actually, we will vamp. I am a vampire. 
Oh. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> what, uh, I mean, what other movies have, have we've been doing a lot of these watch parties on, on, uh, on Amazon mm-hmm. prime with our discord. And I think that's been like a lot of fun as, mm-hmm. uh, two people like that are in different towns, like being able to watch a movie together. If anyone else hasn't, hasn't out there, hasn't done it. It's, it's pretty fun. It's something me and me and the uh, brand Dini have, have done lately. And yeah, we did uh apocalypse now and, um, we even like running through like Nathan for you with some people. That was so much fun. Just oh like my God, uh, that show. even from like a distance, like being able to, to kind of share some of that stuff was, was pretty great. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know, these streaming services, they should do a little bit more of these, uh, these watch party things. I think it, I think yeah, it's, it's really, yeah. It's so silly to me that Netflix hasn't done that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, why? they're trying to like crack down more now. Who knows? But, uh, but that doesn't matter. Cause I mean, we're talking about like, uh, Amazon, like you still have to have a subscription in order to watch these yeah. movies. Mm-hmm. And then Hulu makes a point too, of like, you can't mm-hmm. be a part of a watch party unless you have a subscription. So it's like, yeah, where's, I the, don't, where's I, the harm? Yeah, really? Well, yeah. Where's the harm? And yeah, it just, if again, anything, it, more, it, you get, oh, you get better numbers. Of, oh, people watching together. I don't know. If, yeah, totally. With more yeah, accounts sure. than just one. You wouldn't want to know that in, info. But uh, yeah. you all you all good, uh, Blargy Blarge? Yeah, yeah, my bad. Sorry, I just had to go grab downstairs and grab my uh, my dinner real quick. That was quick. Nice. All right, we'll we'll be quick so uh, you can eat your dinner. Um, we will. S- okay, I gotta explain the rules. It's magnetized. Yeah. So in polarized, uh, reviews are not so similar. In magnetized, they are exactly similar on the dot. They are the same number from audiences and critics for these movies that I'm going to throw your way. So it is up to you. Okay. Large and brandy need to name the number that is agreed upon as the score for these movies. that I'm going to give you, and I'm trying to do a little bit of a space theme here uh, and we'll see how it goes. Um, best okay. two out of three. And unless, yeah, yeah, that's, oh, fun. Best, that's super best fun. two out of three. All right. Um, would you like, I'll give it up to you, Blarge. You want to go first or second on this? On this I will song. let my counterpart no. go first. Oh, okay. 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 All, right. All right. We're going to start with a movie that has been mentioned in this strategy. very podcast. The Martian is the same score by audiences and critics alike. What is that score, Brandon? <laughs> I'm going to go with a 92%. 92 from Brandini. Blargey Blarge to you, sir. I'm going to go with uh, uh, 89%. You guys are fucking crazy, man. <laughs> it is a 91. <laughs> Brandon won by one. Dig it. Nice job, dude. Nice job. That just made my heart I jump. That's I cr- How did you guys n- do that? That was I want, fucking crazy. I, I was thinking of doing that. Because it's, like, uh, it's like I'm really kinda, a beloved movie. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It hits all the right spots because I think this podcast has shown with Mike's opinion that like it matters a lot to get on board the logistics of it. Mm-hmm. And if you like nail the shit out of that, yeah, exactly. then I think that like a lot of people will be on board with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think oh, it's yeah. much more difficult to, yeah, like that, convey that, concepts. That yeah. mission is very clear. Like, get the fuck off. Very Marvel. clear. It's not like, oh, these waves <laughs> nice. from Neptune are doing something, but don't worry about it. Um, yeah, Global electrical like, surges. Get, get the, the fuck surges. out. Yeah. Uh, gotta, yeah, gotta, gotta give it to even like on a movie like that. I was comparing like Prometheus and that, and both of those are Ridley Scott movies. So the guy knows how to go, go whatever sort of way he wants, wants with it. I guess it's that it's the Lindelof of it all. Speaking of, of watching. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. But, um, 
Anyways, uh, Brandon won. Large zero. On to the next movie. Kind of somewhat space. Well, actually, no. I'll do this one in case I was going to do. I'm, I'm switching up the order. I'm going to do this one, which is very much space related and about the first journey to the moon. I believe I have not seen it, but it is called Hidden Figures. Okay. The woman, the oh. women who helped. Yep. Uh, the black African-American women that did all the math uh, yes. calculations, yeah. like orbital calculations and all that stuff. That was, mm-hmm. that was a good movie. Hell yeah. <laughs> it is agreed upon by both audiences and, and critics alike. I'm and, glad you're uh, going first. They would not be able to go to Neptune without these women. Oh, wait, so I go first now. Yeah, it is your turn. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to give, I'm going to say 92%. I'm going to go ahead and ring a ding ding because it is exactly 92%. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and say, fuck you, Brandon, (laughs) because you're not going to say 92 as well. Yeah, go ahead and ring a ding ding. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and say blackjack. (laughs) You guys are out of your fucking minds, dude. I swear. Tiebreaker. What what is happening? How are people so good at this? Um, oh my god. I'm 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 excited right now. This is invigorating. All right, so I will go into my other space movie, which is to you, Brandon, Guardians of the Galaxy. It takes oh, place in space. God. It does. Ooh, it counts. It does count. It's a space movie. It is a space movie. It's that's an interesting one because it's hard to get critics on board with a Marvel movie, but yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy is one of oh the my most god. Uh-huh. F- favored ones. Mm-hmm. So obviously people of the Marvel variety love guardians of the galaxy. So that's going to be relatively high. So I think they're going to also champion it from being the critics will, because they see the, be- like see what's going on, especially it being so important that it brings color to such a boring colorless Marvel universe leading up to that, where it's like, Oh yeah, people like to really have fun. Yeah. Oh, visually it's, you know, it's nice to have colors instead of it being all grays and blues and whatever. And, um, I'm going to go with 86, 86. Damn. Okay. I, I was literally going to go 85 before (laughs) you even said 86. So I'm sticking (laughs) with my guns and saying 85%. Okay. It is a 92. And I fucked up, and I and, and I fucked up last time. Hidden Figures was actually ninety three, and I fucked up. I'm sorry. I was looking at the wrong score. <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay. But it's very unlikely that you would have won that one anyways, Brandon. Because he got, I was going to go lower. He was I one was off. Go yeah. <laughs> so it is a ninety two. So Brandon gets two to, to, Mike, to Mikey's wow. one. Nice, nice. You guys were insanely close. And I realized I tried to do all space movies, and by mistake, this was not planned. I got Martian ninety one. Guardians 92, Hidden Figures 93. <laughs> so it was like probably one of those tests like a teacher would give would be like, there's no way. There's he's gotta be fucking with yeah. us. Like two th- four s- multiple choice C's in a row. There's no way that can be correct. There can't be. No way. <laughs> but uh that was a fun game of magnetize. Brandini, you are really good at the game. But uh you all both of you guys were just spot on with everything. It's yeah, Mike. Oh my god. And I well think, played, sir. yeah, it's uh, these are all kind of like good movies. So you kind of know they're in their upper, upper spots. It's hard to pick the ones where like everyone agrees that it's shit in the same uh, level of, uh-huh. of shit. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, thank you so much for uh, joining us, Blarge. Again, uh, you're the best, dude. And it's been a little while since Aww. since we've seen you. So 
Um, so happy to have you on here. I think this is the perfect movie for you to join us. And I was really in- appreciating your, um, your scientific factoids as well as your personal experience of uh, being a, being a spaceman in, in, in your own way, you know, or at least aspiring to be. Um, yeah. I think it's, no, I, I, love I think it. it's awesome. I love uh, it. Thanks. You guys are uh, always super, super nice to me. And I love being that nerd that gets to talk about space all the time. So I appreciate it. Well, it's, I mean, you're so smart, dude. It's nice to have someone kind of come in here and kind of put us on the right course. And some of our, our discussions mm-hmm. would be like, well, actually guys, this is how we're like, Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> oh, got it. And I, I don't know, it's, it's nice for me. Um, thank you, Brandini, best co-host in the biz. Love you, dude. Thank you, um, and, thank you uh, we will, I will be discuss. I will be announcing our next movie, uh, coming very soon to this very feed will be, uh blarge jr well i guess this is blarge jr that's been on today there's the original blarge will be joining us next time for fear and loathing in las vegas uh it it is a a polarizing picture uh a 49 percent by the critics and 89 percent by the audience very similar almost to uh this movie's differential as well um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and read the synopsis as per usual. Raul Duke and uh, Johnny Depp and his attorney, Dr. Gonzo Benicio del Toro, drive a red convertible across the Mojave Desert to Las Vegas with a suitcase full of drugs to cover a motorcycle race. As their consumption, consumption of drugs increases at an alarming rate, the Stone Duo trash their hotel room and fear legal per- repercussions. Duke begins to drive back to L.A., but after an odd run-in with a cop, Gary Busey, he returns to Sin City and continues his wild drug binge. That's such a funny hearing, like just reading a description of what that movie is. It's so sad. It's like, I guess that's what, yeah, I guess that's literally yeah. what it is, but, you know, <laughs> just feels different when you watch it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see you next time. If you want to reach us, uh, you can watch us live on twitch.tv slash polarizedpod. You can reach us on Twitter um, at Polarize the Pod or send us an email at uh, Polarize the Pod at gmail.com. Uh, rate, review, subscribe on Apple iTunes, uh, podcasts, I mean, what whatnot, wherever you get your, uh, wherever you're hearing this out there. If we're just uh, broadcasting to you uh, via Neptune uh, channel, <laughs> then um, make sure you hashtag Neptune in, in, in our Twitter. <laughs> get your cardboard usb sticks out <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> uh brandy anything else no you said it all right uh rating and reviewing us helps us out a lot uh feel free to yeah follow us on social great all right guys see you next time bye-bye bye bye Let me go. Let me go. Let me go. Let me go. Let me go, bro. Let me go. Let me go. Let me go. All right, I'm actually going to go there.